Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell hive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You'll never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Hi there, this is John Nagel, docent and volunteer at Rancher Obi-Wan, wishing the Wretched Hive podcast a huge, hairy congratulations on 100 episodes. Keep rocking it, gents. That's right, 100th episode of the Wretched Hive podcast. Welcome That's to the so show. Cool. A very <laughs> special episode of the Wretched Hive where we all get high and go into rehab. <laughs> Sweet. And Greg loses his virginity. <laughs> Again? Uh, you, you'd, you'd be shocked what you can do with duct tape these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, my name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire Hive is with us for this very special anniversary episode of the Wretched Hive podcast, episode number 100 for November 15th. 2019. It's been four years of this, guys. Episode 100 is here. That's long. That's are you lost you... already, or are you just drunk, Steve? No, I'm Glad totally I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> that threw me off. Woo. Steve admitted he has no show notes for tonight, so this is the first time that he's going to see the show through our eyes. John. It's a lovely thing, boys. And literally nobody has read the show notes for the show. What the fuck is going to happen tonight? And it's great, and we're so glad you're here with us. Well, I have a little bit of a roadmap, and I'm going to start off by thanking our friend John Nagel, who is a docent up at Rancho Obi-Wan, uh, sent us a nice message congratulating us on 100 episodes. Thanks a lot, John. That was very nice of you to do that. Super cool. And we're going to hear oh, from some other friends of the show who left some other messages as well nice. as we go. Um, but first of all, let's do introductions as we always do. Starting off the show, the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. <laughs> right on target. Oh my wow, God. revenge is a dish best served cold, <laughs> oh, and it is very man. cold in space, Greg. Greg, you're muted, my friend. You're he, He's just talking. Yeah. <laughs> How long is he going to go, oh, this is crazy? <laughs> this has, is going to be a no audio. show. Not, you know not the first is... time he's heard that, Scott. <laughs> Someone, so... Nico is alright alright right. so I need to explain since you know audio podcast they can't see the video feed uh, Nico apparently muted Greg there's like a mute war going on and then I think Greg kicked Nico off the show so, um, oh my god Greg can I now welcome you to the show possibly yeah <laughs> happen is Nico's going to keep trying to join in and I'm just going to keep oh, it. Bye, guys. Oh, there he goes again. See ya. Oh my god. Uh, we can start over. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. Ah, it's, let's let it roll. It could be the longest mute war we've ever had. So. Alright, can we just call a truce to the mute war? We need to actually have a show. 
We'll have to wait until Nico comes back because if he's going to keep doing this, because the problem is, is I'm talking, I'm not looking at the screen. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I won't, I can't tell if I'm muted because as we can tell, the screen is over there. I'm looking forward at another screen that does not tell me I'm muted. So are we, start, <laughs> right. are we starting the show over? Is that what we're doing? Do we want to start the show over? No, we do not. No, we do not. This is, this is what our fans Want. Yes. Uh, God, Nico. Want. Nico. Now, <laughs> if if Nico gets me out again, you're gonna have to clue me in because I'm not looking at my screen. I can't tell if I'm muted because my asshole offspring over there is. is... <laughs> Bless my heart. That was the last one. All right. Okay. There's the a truce on the mute. Tonight. All right. Here. Okay. All right. He's so... the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Stevie McClunky. It is so good. <laughs> so, so good to be here. Uh, I am happy. Me too. Because, yes. for many things, I am happy mm. that we have officially witnessed the launch of the Disney Plus channel. Mm. It is fantastic so far. I am really, really enjoying it, all the hiccups aside. Mm. We are 30 days away from the... Uh, next Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. We are at 100 episodes of all you assholes coming together mm. with me, the biggest <laughs> asshole of all of you, mm. and talking shit on each other and just having a good time. But most of all, Preach it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say most of all, I am happy for the one asshole on the show who I am closest with probably, my son, Nico. Congratulations. You're getting married. I am very proud of you. I love you. Yeah, Nico. Except, yeah. except that sounded almost like a threat. You're getting married. God damn it. <laughs> Wait, way to coerce her into saying yes, buddy. Right? I love that. Congratulations, you know I think, man. I think being a semi-professional podcaster had a big part in her saying yes. Did it? Mm -hmm. Okay. All the, all the fame and money that comes with being a professional, mm. professional podcaster? I think so. Podcasting is a dangerous profession. We're, we're very happy for you. We love you very much. We love both of you very much. And your mother and I are extremely proud to welcome Shana into our little family. Here, here. Officially, yes. another wretched wife. Yeah. Back. Yeah. And uh, in February, right, is the ceremony. So you've got some a few months to plan. Time out. Stevie B, I need, I need my official intro after Scott. Oh, I think we right. can oh. we can save this. Oh. All right. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right. Also on the show tonight, I'm going to follow your lead, Nico. This man is a lifelong Star Wars fan, Ivansky. So we are here. 100 episodes. Unbelievable. And guess what? Mm. That excitement for 100 is not just for that. It's also the Mandalorian. Oh my God. Oh. We have so much to talk about. I'm so excited. We're going to run it down tonight. Most of the show is going to be a very Mandalorian-centric show. Dude, the way we're going to nitpick this thing is going to be insane. I, we're going to have mm. like five offshoot spin-off shows just from us coming up with ideas and talking about some things that are happening. No doubt about it. No yeah, doubt about I'm it. I'm excited. Uh, let's continue also on the show tonight. He is the captain of the... Nico Rodriguez! Hi, hello. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm doing great. Good. Good, good, good. So, yes, um, the rumors are true. I am engaged to be married. Mm. The wedding for anybody, you know, this is, and, and we've talked about this, Shana mm -hmm. and I both, um, this is an open invitation wedding. So the entire world is invited to show up if they'd please. 
Um, it's going to be happening February 15th at the Bernie Falls uh, in Northern California, beautiful Northern California. We're going to get married in front of uh, a set of waterfalls there um, oh. next to a riverbed. Where they, where, they, where the Ewoks run free. Yeah, it's about a mile hike from uh, from the main road there in mm-hmm. Bernie, California. Okay. So uh, if you want to be there, February 15th, it'll be about midday probably. You know, any of our listeners, you want to show up? Um, any of you assholes want to show up? You know, you're mm-hmm. more than welcome to. And we've got listeners all over the world. We do. Yeah. Nico. So you might have some people coming from England, from Australia, from China. And Spanning you know the globe. And South would, Africa. Mm-hmm. We're huge fucking, in South Africa. That'd be fucking awesome. Please. If you have nothing to do February the 15th, the Saturday, uh, come to Bernie, California and watch me get married. Yeah. Wow. Uh, first of all, I, I, I'd like to say congratulations on the show. I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm proud to be the first one who responded while uh, Nico was having a rant and rave about me. But I did say congratulations <laughs> online. But I wanted to say it in person. Also, for the people that Nico is inviting, which is everybody... It's fantastic. It's very uh, beautiful. The falls are gorgeous. Uh, I'm going to say this also. If you need a place to stay, not far from Bernie Falls is Weed, California. Fantastic place. And they got some dope-ass weed up there. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Nico is buying drinks. And for everybody who shows up, Nico is buying them drinks, just so you know. Is that legit? Nico, if I show up, are you buying drinks? Water with lemon for everybody who shows up. Fresh spring water. Whatever you want. Top, Top shelf. Whatever you want. He's going to take his... Uh, sparkling tap water with lemon. <laughs> he's going to take a coffee cup and shove it under the falls yeah. while he's getting married. Here's your drink. And finally... Oh, there it is. There's my name. It's another check for daddy. <laughs> we have... What an arc hooray, huh? Jesus Christ, at the end of Empire, Luke had his hand taken off and Han Solo was in carbonite or whatever. <laughs> Dave! It's great because I didn't make it. Ultimately, uh, I'm not to blame. Under no circumstances. Well, I can actually feel my life essence draining from me as I watch this. <laughs> Should you <laughs> ever. This thing needs more Gungans. See, all you guys get all pissed off. All worked up. <laughs> <laughs> all worked up. And I mean... One of Ralph Macquarie's pieces just taking a shit on that. <laughs> Ever! This is soccer balls, a robot, a hairdryer. Let's just let's put a dildo in there. Why not? <laughs> Call him. You know what that sound is? That's the sound of a thousand executives just taking a shit on my work. <laughs> Oh, I'm so relieved I didn't make this. Potter. At the very end, Star Wars dies. <laughs> oh, welcome to the show, Dave. Oh my God, it's it's hard to believe that is the hundredth time I I have heard those immortal words. Oh. Thank you. George Thank is a hater. So That's amazing. George we is are, a hater. We are here. We are live. We are five by five. And to everyone out there, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you, wherever, whenever, and however you are listening to us. Thank you. Because at the end of the day, you are the reason we are here. You are the reason we are doing this. And we are going to keep doing it after our 100th episode tonight. But this is this is 
all Mandalorian all the time, or should I say all Disney Plus? Because I have a feeling we're gonna not just divergent off of talking about the uh, uh, the forty minute first episode of the Mandalorian. We're gonna we're gonna explore Disney Plus a little bit here too and talk about that tonight. Well, you got Seriously, that right, fuck Dave. Fuck them for making that thing only forty minutes long. Like, what the fuck? Guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's find I something mean... to be pissed off about. And five minutes of that was like the end credits with like a bunch of concept art in it. Let's be real about that. <laughs> yeah, who wants to see concept art? To be fair, aren't we getting two episodes this week? Yes, we are. We no, get we'll talk about that. As we have, the show airs on Friday, we get another episode. Just all this shit on day one, Disney no. Plus. Where are you, why aren't you Netflixing this shit? God damn it, cat. This was George's vi- <laughs> George, this was George's vision, right? He wanted a serial show. He wanted it every week like he had when he was a kid and uh his dream is coming true right now thanks to <clears throat> the powers that be at Disney. And if you've ever thanked the powers that be at Disney, give us a call and let us know how we should feel about this awesome Star Wars content. And you can call the Wretched Hive hotline at 562 562- Four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five hive. That's H I V E. In case you can't spell hive, motherfuckers. You're goddamn McClunky. And you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash wretched hive podcast. We love you, Facebook. You can also uh, tweet at us at. Wretched Hive Pod. You can find us on Instagram, Wretched Hive 77. You can email to show at the Wretched Hive.net. Our... <laughs> I can only ignore it for so long before I break up. Uh, you can also find our app on the Apple App Store. Just search Wretched on the App Store and you will find it. Uh, we are available on Apple Podcasts, but also Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many podcatchers. All right, so a couple of announcements right. to make, guys. Um, first of all, we got to rehash our uh, the event we're having at Timeless Pines Brewery here in Lakewood, California. December 16th, it's the week that The Rise of Skywalker is in theaters. Join us on Monday for trivia at Timeless Pines Brewery, the best beer in Southern California, right here in our neighborhood, Scott, Lakewood, California, right around the corner. Great place. Yep. Been there, been there not as many times as you, but I've been there a few times and it's uh, wonderful. Yep, good spot, good beer, good people. Come and join us on December 16th. Um, guys, I don't know if I'd mention this, but it's our 100th episode tonight. What? 100. Yeah. It is. We in hit a, a row. row. We hundred. Like a smooth 92. <laughs> in, a, in a row. Uh, in a row? John Nagel, friend of the show, um, Docent at Rancho Obi-Wan sent us a message. I played that one. We got a couple of other messages, guys. Oh. Uh, first one I'm going to play is uh, our friend Kevin it's Lyle. Not from Car- it's not from Carrie Fisher, is it's my not, guess. It's not Carrie. It's not Carrie. Dr. Ruth Westheimer. She was unavailable. Dr. Ruth stopped listening after episode 32. I, she won't tell me why. Um, Kevin Lyle. <laughs> Star Wars artist Kevin Lyle. Oh. Uh, reached out he was a guest on our show um nice. maybe about a year or so ago i think yeah. maybe about a year and uh, kevin left a quick message some for us the past four years i'm guessing sometime in the past four years kevin was on the show and uh he left us this message i think he might be channeling i think there's a little hint here at one of his favorite movies which is uh silence of the lambs see if you can pick it up 
Hey, this is Star Wars artist Kevin Lyle, and I'd like to say congratulations to Richard Hive for going 100 episodes without having me on their show. Oh, wait. No. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's your great big fat person. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Kevin Lyle. Uh, I, I shouldn't uh, mention also that Kevin is going to be in L.A. Uh, December 6th through 8th at EmpireCon, which is happening at the LAX oh. Marriott. It's pure Star Wars, all Star Wars stuff. Um, check oh. it out. I think it's EmpireConLA.com or .org. But, uh, when is that? That is December 6th through 8th. Nice. Uh, go have nice. a look right now. EmpireConLA.com, and I'm sure you'll find it. He is, yeah. um, he is hosting several panels, and he is also hosting a Star Wars trivia contest. At Empire Con LA, December sixth through eighth. So check it out. If you're here in LA, if you're local, um, go have a, go go have a look. Sounds pretty cool. the The lineup looks great. There's a um, there's a just do it. There's a um, uh, I saw on the front page they're having a uh, a special thing for P Peter Mayhew. Oh, cool. Which is uh, if if you're a fan of Chewie and and the work that Peter did on on uh, on in the Star Wars movies, it might be your opportunity to go pay homage to. Uh, the wonderful um, Peter Mayhew. So go have a look at that. Empire Con in LA, December 6th through 8th. Also calling in to wish us um, happy anniversary was Mark Morita, who's another docent up at Rancho Obi-Wan. We got some Rancho Obi-Wan love in the house tonight. And uh, Mark called us because, well, he was getting a burrito. Hello, Steve. This is Mark Morita. I'm calling from my very favorite underneath a freeway and it is so delicious I am waiting in line patiently for my carne asada burrito to arrive but I was also calling to uh, congratulate the Wretched Hive for their 100th podcast I definitely need the Wretched Hive in my life uh, to feel um, complete as well as uh, to feel knowledgeable um, at least more knowledgeable than my, my other Star Wars friends. Um, <laughs> at least uh, I can fake it um, because I have the wretched hive in my life. I hope you guys are doing well. Congratulations on the momentous achievement. It's pretty rad, and I absolutely love uh, listening to you guys weekly. Take care. Ah. That was our God damn it, now I want a burrito. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, seriously. He's getting his favorite carne asada burrito, and he thought to give us a call. So well, pretty cool. Now, did he say he was getting it from underneath a freeway? Is yes. That what he yeah. he right. did, and he lives up in Northern California, so I don't I don't know. Do they have freeways up there? I don't know. Well, is that is that yeah. where they sell burritos in Northern <laughs> California? I know they're weird up there, but it, is, it, do it they is only weird. sell burritos under freeways in Northern California? Is that it? Quite possibly, Maybe. Depends, yes. Depends on the permit. Maybe you should tell us what your favorite burrito is and send us all here at the Hive one of your favorites. That's, yeah. that's no burrito! Because, <laughs> you know, we've got some pretty good burritos here in, in SoCal. I'm not bragging or anything, but I, I, I mean, I could almost throw the gauntlet down. Southern Cal burritos better than Northern Cal burritos. Oh, yeah. I'm sensing a war is going to happen mm. now, my friend. Mm. I like it. I mean, if Mark, if you want to send us one of yours, I'll send you one of ours, and we can do a taste test live on the air. <laughs> Let's if do this. Show me yours. <laughs> we'll show you ours. There you well. go. Oh man. All right. Well, so thanks, thanks, folks, and others who have uh, congratulated us in person. And online, really appreciate your support, and um, thanks for listening. Yeah, so good to hear them all. 
back on the show. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool stuff. All right, guys. So we had a pretty big week in Star Wars this week with um, Disney Plus. Disney Plus launch. Oh, sorry. Well, let's jump into the news. Yeah. From ABC be all News official. World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. God, 100 episodes. You'd think I would remember to hit the cues at the right time here. Are you kidding me? This is our show, me. man. It's been <laughs> <laughs> winging it. It's great. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, this was a big week uh, for Star Wars with Disney Plus launching and, of course, the launch of the Mandalorian series we've all been waiting for, um, in addition to tons of other content through Disney Plus. So today is today's show is going to be very Mandalorian centric. But before we get into reviewing this first episode of the Mandalorian, want to talk a little bit about just about Disney Plus. I know everyone on this show have all subscribed on our own and and we're the only five who have signed up for this service right there's just the five of us we're the only subscribers to disney Plus. uh no not really yes. there's a few others oh, I, th- um, I thought we there's... were the first five the preview there there, crowd, there right? can't be more there can't be much more than five well though, bob right? Iger today bob Iger. talking about 10 million subscribers since what t- since tuesday bob Iger. 10 million 10 million at 7.99 a month well say average five because yeah. I know Greg, you're paying a lot less than that with the deal that you got. I, yep. I paid four dollars a month. Yep. I paid seventy for the year. I'm paying thirteen bucks a month. Uh, because you're, so you, you're, get, you're getting you the bundle the... then. Yeah, I got the bundle. Okay. We canceled nice. our, our regular Hulu subscription to go with the bundle. Nice. Yeah, it's four dollars extra, right, Nico? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it you get from... ESPN and Hulu. Yeah. Seven ninety nine monthly we... to twelve ninety nine. Yeah, so five dollars. We, we were already paying eleven ninety nine a month for Hulu, so it was like yeah. a dollar more, and you get Disney Plus and ESPN. It made yeah. sense. Yeah. So the question is, how many of us are canceling Netflix now? We're not there no, yet. The no. kids use Netflix a lot. No. Why? I'm not canceling Netflix until Disney pulls all of their content off of it. Because there are some, yeah. there's some Marvel stuff that's on Netflix right now that you can't get on Disney Plus yet. Same with Solo are both there. Yeah, and all, of, all of the Indiana Jones movies are there. Yeah, hmm. and there's some there's some Pixar stuff like uh, Incredibles two is on Netflix right now, but I can't find it on Disney Plus. So I'm hmm. assuming there's probably some other stuff that's on there still as well. Well, the, thing, the so, things that are still under contract to Netflix will remain there. Yeah. For for a little while, so but, I, but think, you, I think I think I think these contracts will all end up phasing out after at most a year, probably. I'm not yeah, sure about the Indiana Jones on, stuff, though. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. You know what is on Disney Plus that I'm disappointed none of us have watched? Hmm. Willow. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the Black Hole right now, motherfucker. I almost said the Black Crystal. The Black Hole is what I'm watching right now, motherfucker. Yep. And I just bought Willow last year, uh, and now it's streaming available to me anytime I want. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm really upset that I just bought the entire Pirates of the Caribbean discography on Blu-ray <laughs> and now it's all available for me to stream. I literally bought that like a month ago. Well, um, I was there when you did it. Yeah. Sucker. And you didn't even say anything. Well, then again, I was going well, I was going to go to I was going to channel I was going to channel Dave for a second and say, "Well, but you own those physical copies. We don't own anything on Disney Plus. We're just borrowing things that we pull down." Yeah. Right. Dave. That's- <laughs> I'm 
I'm teeing that up for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, you're doing great. I'm just I'm watching the cat stalk Nico right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so the the whole streaming thing is generating um, some revenue, I'd say, overnight for Disney. It's, it it is, but it. So this was this was what I was interested in. So the Wall Street analysts were predicting that Disney would have 10 million subscribers by the end of the year for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So they hit that out of the gate. And now I'm kind of wondering was Disney soft selling that to analysts so that they they would hit a mark that they knew they were going to hit because Netflix's subscription model if I remember right, they have something like 150 million subscribers worldwide at this point. Mm. Yeah, but that's so that's can, a built audience over what? It's right. It's a built it's a built audience to built system, but still I'm just, you know, by comparison's sake, is 10 million in your first 24 hours, is that, is that benchmark that people are making it out to be? Mm-hmm. Because the library that Disney is offering is, it's a land rush. You know, we're not going to see that happen again. I don't care when Warner Brothers mm-hmm. comes out with their thing, when NBC comes out with their thing, I don't care. It doesn't have the library of content that Disney does opening up the Disney Vault and the 20th Century Fox Vault to be available for everybody to watch. That's yeah. a great so point. So I just don't, point, I don't know that 10 million subscribers is that is going to be that big a benchmark, but who knows? I scoured the internet today, and when I say scoured, I mean I spent about seven minutes doing Google research instead of my job, and I couldn't find any numbers for Apple TV Plus that were announced in terms of how many subscribers they got at launch. So I am going to be curious to see how these things are all stacking up. You know, you know uh, it's, it's it's an interesting case with Apple too because everybody who bought an iPhone 11 and that just launched, you know, two months ago, whatever it was, everybody who bought an iPhone 11 got Apple Plus for free. So I am not paying for it, but I have it. Do I count? Is that, I, so no, I obviously yeah. do count in those numbers. So yeah, because it's counting subscribers, not paid subscribers. Exactly, exactly. So it's you know, I don't I don't know that you can compare apples to apples with that stuff. You know what I mean? Hmm. Hi, see what you did there. Pun intended. Yeah. I mean, we're really in uncharted territory. This is this is. I mean, Netflix obviously has been around for a while, but this is a new medium. I mean, we're relatively speaking in terms of this this war we're having. We've never seen anything roll out like this. Certainly with Disney, with the catalog. To your point, Dave. So I I don't know whether or not ten million is a big number at this point. It's 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 difficult to say. It's impressive. I mean, it's impressive that they did it and they didn't have more problems. They certainly had problems mm. at launch, but I was, to be perfectly honest, I was expecting a shit show. And it doesn't sound like it was a shit show. It seems like it was fairly normal growing pains for rolling a, a platform like that out for people to use. Right. I mean, my experience was uh, was that exactly. I just had a little bit of a growing pain, I guess you could call it. I I launched the app i well, paid for and, paid and really, for my subscription they went, and... from, they went from zero to 10 million in about two hours you know so yeah, yeah. i i think you gotta expect a little bit of that i i actually logged on right at midnight on on monday night tuesday morning and watched the mandalorian before i went to sleep mm-hmm. um and yeah. i didn't have any problems at all any yeah. problems at all but you know i was really 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 early adopting there i think that's yeah not the case because in the morning there were a couple of hiccups for people so yeah mm-hmm. yeah i was i was greg i was one of those i logged on at midnight and probably started watching about twelve fifteen. i think i got the show over right around one and um 
honestly, it was one of those things where I'm like, I don't see a problem here. My biggest problem was trying to figure out how to add it onto the Hulu package. Mm. Um, I had to go to the Hulu site, and there was this whole like process, which you guys all said you could pre-order. That never appeared for me. I went through that whole goddamn no, the, site. The, the Hulu ESPN was not a pre-order. You had yeah. to do it yeah, on that, launch yeah, day. That, on launch the, day. The big triple bundle was only available from launch day. So did so you my, cancel so your my, old subscription? My, my deal that I got does not get all of the other benefits that like you guys are getting with ESPN and everything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's it. I had to wait till midnight. Once that came up, there was a page that appeared on the Hulu site, and it directed me over to Disney Plus, mm. and I just followed their four or five steps, and boom, 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 it all came up. And by twelve fifteen, I was watching the Mandalorian. So I'm like, wow. And it was smooth as silk. I watched on my my new Mac at home. So, I mean, 25-inch, mm-hmm. 5K uh, or whatever screen. That thing was amazing. Yeah. Then I tried it on the TV, and it was just mind-blowing. I'm like, okay. So my first viewing was a little bit different than that. I signed up on my way to work, okay, like on the train, downloaded the app, paid for it, downloaded the first episode of The Mandalorian, and watched it on the train on my phone. Yeah, oh, that's cool. With headphones on. And so it, it's interesting, though, that we had a similar experience in terms of ease. I mean, mine was pretty simple. Yeah. Um, when I was launching, I got – when I first brought it up, it said, you know, like not connected to the internet or something. But I clearly was. Closed the app and relaunched, and it was fine. So that was my growing pain or hiccup in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. I mean, I, it was – I think somebody made the point earlier that, you know – 10 million subscribers overnight. That's a heavy lift. Yeah. But Disney was obviously prepared. Hey there, it's Christina. This is Matt. Of the Hellflowers, and we want to congratulate the Wretched Hive podcast on 100 episodes. It's awesome. Good job, fellas. May the force be with you. I had a less than smooth transition into signing in and starting up with mine because I have a... I use a fire stick uh, the Amazon mm. Fire Stick at home. So I downloaded the Disney Plus app there, thinking I could sign up and do everything on that app. And when it brought me to the home page of that, it told me to log in or mm-hmm. to open up the Disney Plus app on my phone that's connected to the same network as my Fire Stick. And it said on the screen, log in or open the app on your phone that's yeah. logged into the same network and we'll take it from there. Yeah. So mm. I went on to my phone and downloaded the app and had the same thing. And it said, log in or click here to create a new account. So I mm. clicked here to create a new account and it opened up my web browser and took me to DisneyPlus.com. And then I had to create my account there. And then once I created my account there and paid for the subscription, then I had to go back to the app and then sign in on that, thinking that it would just, you know, well, the app on my TV said if I sign in on my phone, it'll just log me in. And I didn't want to log in to do two different places. You know, I didn't want to log in on, on the TV and then have to log in on my phone later. So I just tried to kill two birds with one stone. Well, I logged in on the app, opened that, made sure it was on the same network, which it is. And I sat there for like 10 minutes waiting for the app on my TV to do something and nothing happened. And then I closed both of them down, turned off the TV, restarted my fire stick, restarted my phone, turned them both back on and still nothing. And I had to log in manually on the app, even though it said, oh, open up the app on your phone and we'll take it from there. And Mm. nothing happened. So I was a little disappointed with that hiccup. Mm. I think that was just an early thing because I... 
did it the same when I got home on Tuesday and was starting to install it around my other devices and things around the house. I also have a fire stick on my TV, uh, my main TV at home, which is I, when I watched it the night before I watched it on an iPad. But when I installed the app on my Fire Stick at home, it went through the same process you're talking about, Nico. But it connected right away. Like I hope I launched the app on my iPad. It recognized it from the Fire Stick logged in, and it logged me in right away. But that mine was later not. in the evening. That was later mine, in the evening. Mine was probably about 12:30 that morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got Apple TVs in the house. My phone, the kids' phones, the iPads, the Mac, the whole bit. And it was seamless for us. Yeah. I mean, I log in to one, everyone's account pops up. My kids were able to make their own accounts on, you know, user accounts within my login. So easy. Now, no problems. question, hmm. do we have a limited amount of devices that we can log into this account to watch stuff on? There must because be. Because like, I have two computers... Four. Xbox, the Fire Stick, the two phones. Like I have got like eight or nine devices that I want you, to watch this on. If, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can log into as many devices as you want to, but you can only be simultaneously watching on up to four devices. Okay. I, I think you're right. Okay. Okay. Netflix depend. Netflix is dependent on how much you pay for the service. Like the the, the basic service only allows two concurrent. Log or con- concurrent streaming devices at the same time, but you can pay for up to four, I think. Okay. All right. So let's spend a minute here talking about content. We we talked about the app itself, the process. What is your guys' feeling, having played with the app for a couple of days now, about the content? Um, are you happy with it? Um, what do you it's, think about about the Star Wars content and then the rest? It's a goddamn treasure chest. Yeah, <laughs> for my childhood, it really, really is. Mm. I agree more. am a little disappointed. How so, Nico? I'm a little disappointed right now. Spoken I... like a true millennial, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. I was expecting more, and the they don't have it broken down as much. Like I can't look up as many different like genres or categories as I was hoping to be able to and they don't have things organized well like when you open up the Star Wars or let's say you open up the Marvel because Star Wars is easy they all have numbers on them Mm. but when you open up the Marvel tab and you go to the movies and you go to watch the MCU live action movies they don't have them in any sort of order they're just kind of jumbled on there. And let's say somebody is going to watch these for the first time, or maybe they saw them in theaters periodically. They're not some hardcore fanboy or, you know, fangirl or something, and they want to get into this, and they want to know where to start because they're all there. They don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. They don't have mm-hmm. them organized in any sort of chronological order, release order. There's There's nothing going on there that makes it, simple for somebody who doesn't know what they're looking for to to really get into it. Yeah, because obviously if you're going to Marvel, you don't want to start the the whole series. You don't want to start it at the Avengers. You want to start with, you know, either Captain America or Iron Man, depending on what order you're going, right? I'm going to throw a little bit of a flag on that, because I do think it's not a perfect system, but I do think they tried to pay attention and do it akin to how serialized comic books work, which is that every installment is somebody's first installment 
So well, it's okay when... if you it's okay if you start kind of in the middle. If you go back and do it well, in order, yes, you'll get a broader understanding. But it's okay to like, oh, Black Panther is the first Marvel mm. movie you ever watched. But it's not. When you open up the Marvel tab on Disney Plus, the first movie that shows up is Endgame. Yeah. I, mm. I thought you were gonna say why it won't be Black Panther because that's still on Netflix because of licensing deals. But yeah, no, the first movie that shows up is Endgame. It would be nice and to have options as... where if you want to watch them in order, you can. Oops. It'll give you the order. I mean, when when I ended with um, The Mandalorian, the next recommendation for me was was you might be interested in The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, same here. Yeah. So yes. it knows that you're you're into the Mandalorian thing. Obviously, as we go through the Mandalorian because and other the, shows, because it's the first appearance of Boba Fett. Exactly. Well, yes. I love that there. Are, there's a lot more connections in there, mm. and we'll talk about those when we get into the Mandalorian. That I thought was actually very innovative on their part. The connections between the Mandalorian and that show, and I'm sure the other stuff does that as well. Other content on there, but I, I agree with Nico in a sense. Um, this isn't Netflix, and this is mm-hmm. what's kind of bugging me about this. They hype this up to be this. The way you have to go in and check is you don't get that kind of layout. Like if somebody's going to tell you there's 20, what, 23 Marvel movies out there, you want to start at the beginning just to get it. And Dave, I respect what you're saying as a comic book fan. I know where you want to jump in anywhere, and that's your starting point. But if you want to start the cinematic universe, the thing that bugs me is you have to go into the details to find Mm -hmm. out any information about this specific movie. Why not just at least put the release here? That can give you at least a little bit of help in setting this up and you're right Endgame is the first one in the Marvel tab that you hit and then you can scroll through that thing and go all the way back to the first Captain America and all that stuff but even then when you scroll back it's like Iron Man 3 shows up and then Thor 1 and then Iron Man 1 and then you scroll through a couple other random Marvel movies and then Iron Man's like close to the end of it Mm. it's like not even any sort of semblance of organization and I had the same issue Mm. with uh, another series that's really popular with Disney is the Pirates of the Caribbean. When I went to go look at those, there's no organization with that either. It's not even alphabetical Hmm. because the last one out of those five, when you look up Pirates on the search tab, it's Pirates, Pirates, blah, 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 whatever. The very last one is Curse of the Black Pearl, which is the first movie in that story arc. Hmm. Hmm. All right, so we, Disney, we want a filter function where we can filter by theatrical release or uh, order of operations for you know the way that Star Wars is organized, episode one through nine or yeah. eight at this point. Yeah, yeah. that'd be right. that'd be a nice feature. Yeah, okay. Get on that, Disney. Come on, Make step it, it happen, up, Bob. Step it up. Yeah, Bob Iger. All right, let's transition, guys, to the first episode of The Mandalorian. We've been waiting for this show. Oh, wait this a minute. Is... Spoiler alert. Do we need a spoiler alert on this? I think we should. Really? I think we do. Yeah. Wow. We're not coming back. We're not coming back. Hold on. Before you hit spoiler there, we're not coming back to the content of the the whole Disney Plus at all because there was – I had no – I have critiques on it, but we're not talking about those right now. Are we going to come back to that? Well, are, are we going to? Yeah, he gonna asked if anybody had any complaints, Scott. Where you should you didn't use your time then, counselor? Come on, come on. Are you serious? 
All right. Well, what else you got? Jump in there. Is there something that you just have to get? Obviously, there's something that's on the on on the front of your mind that you well, need yeah. to get out, Scott. Well, we're so. sitting here. We're stroking the Disney. Uh, uh, We've just been blasting him for 20 minutes, but that's okay. You know, no, 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 no. This no, is no. our own little Disney impeachment hearings, and right now, Scott is Jim fucking Jordan. Come on, Scott. <laughs> Whatever. I, Scott doesn't have any firsthand knowledge, so I don't see why this testimony is relevant. <laughs> All right, Scott, go. What 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 is upsetting you well, right now? I think now? the biggest issue that's come up about this is the fact that they're changing content. And this is a big deal for a lot of people, not just in the Star mm. Wars world, but we're talking about and we we've talked about uh, and we even mentioned on the show tonight, uh, McClunky. They've redone part of episode four, the Han shoots first thing. They also restore the twentieth century Fox fanfare right. on the front of those movies. Well that's great. But mm-hmm. honestly, I mean if they're gonna go in and start altering content, taking stuff out, and we talked about this also off the show, so let's talk about it on the show. They're changing formats on here. We're the Simpsons thing is a fiasco right now and they're talking about leaving episodes out, the Michael Jackson episode. Let's mm-hmm. bring that up. Mm-hmm. Is this something mm-hmm. we want Disney mm-hmm. to be doing? Does Netflix do this? Has it been reported that a company like that takes content and changes content and we know lucas did it we know all that stuff but so there's two issues with the simpsons that we talked about on the pre-show one was that the way that they're they're showing sort of like the non-letterbox edition yeah the three by four by three rather than 16 by nine right is cutting off some of the sides of the the visuals and so some of the jokes are lost yeah right yeah uh there's one in the article that was shared in our chat group today where it was the uh, Duff beer tour and it had like Duff beer light and dry and it was all coming out of the same spigot right yeah. into the center right? but part of that was cut off so that you couldn't see you missed part of that joke yeah um, and then you mentioned that they're actually not not make they're making some of the episodes unavailable like the Michael Jackson episode yeah uh, I yeah. disagree with that for concerns around Michael Jackson and his uh, yeah. alleged this this Behavior. bothers me which is, on this end. Yeah, which is amazing because I think for about twenty years the position of the Simpsons team was they wouldn't comment on if Michael Jackson actually appeared in the episode. Michael Jackson does not have a, a voice credit as Michael Jackson; it's a pseudonym. Hmm. So I I do find it ironic that they decided to remove the Michael Jackson episode that no one has ever formally acknowledged is actually Michael Jackson. But I think to your point, Scott, this is ultra conservative, uh, family friendly Disney yeah. filtering reality um, from what is available and what The Simpsons was and still is. Yeah. But they're sort of like, um, for lack of a better way to describe it, whitewashing it a little bit. Yeah. Is that what you're? I don't sort of where you're going. I don't need that. I don't need a yeah. company doing that. I'm sorry. That's just not who I am and what I like to watch. And if it happens to be the same thing, I know this is their personal content. I know we're talking about bot uh, um, content here, but content that they produced over the years, I understand that there are issues there. I still don't think that they should stop putting that out there, but they could put some sort of disclaimer or warnings for some of their older content. That's very controversial. Yeah. But this is 20th Century which, Fox. What? Which they did do for uh, Dumbo and I think one other movie i forget which one it is they put some and a lot of the older mickey mouse cartoons they have a disclaimer on the front of those on disney plus to indicate that hey there are there are representations in here that are of you know of a different time and would not be made today but but dave we don't have song of the south 
So what's the we problem? We do not have Song oh, of the South. No, I was I'm going to say, I looked for it. I'm I did not find it. You're I never going to find it. It's never going to be there, guys. There, there, there's no there Song of the South and there's no... historical value to presenting that, though, so that there's a conversation about what this is and why it's so bad. Mm-hmm. I agree. And again, you can put you, you a know disclaimer. You can there. have that conversation without it being there, though. I mean, you really can. You don't. You, we all know what what it is, and and and. But, but you, how, how you, does anybody know who it is? I mean, they haven't released it on video in the states for thirty five years at this point. Yeah, yeah. And and if that's the mm-hmm. case, Greg, then let's just take out Dumbo and let's take out everything else that makes those types of, uh, you know, racial in, in, insensitive. Well, the, the the character the the there's some minor characters in Dumbo that you could argue are, are racist, but it's it's the entirety of the story of Song of the South that's it's it's more the, of the story of the Song of the South that that makes it pr- troublesome. There's a really good podcast that's out um, called You Must Remember This, where this girl goes into a real deep dive of the whole Song of the South. If you really want to learn about it, she has a lot of interesting things to say about it and, yeah. and i think if you presented okay. song of the south you need more than just a, a disclaimer on the front end and the 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 questionably racial characters in dumbo if i remember correctly include some crows one of whom was named jim crow which is a little mm. a little too yeah on the nose <laughs> yeah, exactly in today's climate yeah for for what what should be what is considered acceptable or not so i i like having a disclaimer on the front and that hey there are some elements here that are not good you know judge it in the the historical light that it is dembo is what 60 years old 65 years old at this yeah, point older, exactly older yeah. than that yeah. came out in 42 43 41, 41 maybe God, 70 years Jesus wow yeah. but well it, anyway my my point is I, I i get what you're saying yes just a my you know a standard disclaimer on the front of something like song of the south is probably not sufficient but i do wish it was there because there is there is historical value to looking at what was done and understanding, okay, here's what was done. Here's a conversation about why it's so wrong. And I, I like that there are podcasts out there. I think it's great that you had that right there and could give a reference for it. But I don't know how meaningful that's going to be to a lot of people unless they can actually eventually see the source material. And sure. like I said, I don't think it's been released on anything since the – mid 80s VHS release yeah that's 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 accurate yeah and and the only reason I'm bringing this up and it's gotten into this level of discussion is I, it's the same thing I feel about books like you know um, Tom Sawyer and, and um, Adventures of Huckleberry Finn those are wonderful books for what they are and they're great conversation pieces which I don't think should be removed from uh, you know accessibility again it's Disney's what uh, intellectual property that was their actual property at the time these are new properties that they've purchased along the way and they're presenting them but they're going ahead and altering and changing what we as fans have known for years that kind of just to me in a, in a simplistic way it sucks I, I want to be able to see my Simpsons the way it was meant to be seen I want to be able to watch Star Wars in one of the four ways it was made <laughs> you know at some right. point now, was, are are all the uh, Simpsons episodes uh, all thirty broadcast that no, way, or no. are just a uh, handful no, or the, some seasons? The broadcast standard did evolve. I mean, the Simpsons has been on for I mean, not as long as Dumbo, but it's been around for what thirty years, thirty five yeah, years, thirty years, yeah, thirty, 30 years. Wasn't yeah. wasn't quite a launch show for the Fox Network, but pretty damned close. 
And the the broadcast standard did evolve in the the late nineties, early aughts to from the four three standard to the sixteen nine standard. Yeah. So it's only I'm going to guess probably the first ten or twelve seasons of The Simpsons that's impacted by this. But you, I've already seen a couple of really solid examples of how cropping the picture like that. And I understand that you have to make an adjustment somehow. I mean, you can't just you can't just plaster something in there. But you're losing so much from what all those animators did because they literally they would put gags in any corner of the screen on the simpsons absolutely yeah there are there you know and you never want to see art get modified but it's particularly challenging with the simpsons because they put so much in there and packed it into every square inch yeah. it's not just like oh the tree in the background is going away there's a gag there i promise you right so th- that's my my only thing is just disney bring it back to us Get, do something, make some changes, talk to your people, have some experts for Christ's sakes to get on there and just sit down and go, oh, you know what? These first eight seasons are not formatted for wide, widescreen. You can present them with the black boxes so you can see a full yes. full screen uh, mm-hmm. uh, or a, mm-hmm. original non-letterbox version of it. Well, and I would go as far as to say that there's a difference between censoring content like the Michael Jackson episode or not including Song of the South yeah. versus a technical or broadcast glitch like you're not including the letterbox. I mean, those... I, I it's get two different the, categories. It right. is yeah, two yeah. different categories for sure. Well, I, I try to cover everything all at once. I wanted to get yeah, it out yeah, there just because I, just I think it's to... a discussion we should be talking about. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> you got it off your chest. That's good. I feel oh, much did better. I, can I talk good. about my, my one glitch for Disney Plus? Yeah. Which was yes, that do it. We got the pleasure of watching The Mandalorian with Dutch subtitles through the entire fucking episode, which was just <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> So what happened and, there? So you can you know, figure out how to turn the problem is up? he didn't call me. Over. <laughs> the problem I, is who? Why do I need? The, why do I need the fucking Dutch alphabet being thrown across the the bottom of my screen through the entire thirty five minutes of this? But it, you know, you know I'm at Dutch, first man. because I they, come they over. are there are aliens talking and there are subtitles. We were literally getting you know the Dutch subtitles on the top of the screen and then the English translation of what the aliens were saying and the actual subtitles on the bottom of the screen and we were both looking around like this is really trippy are they what's going on here and then we spent five minutes trying to do the settings and it was like no it's just specific to disney plus and then we tried some other content it's like no it's weirdly just specific to the mandalorian and once we figured out what the language was christine just started screenshotting some of the pictures and spent time on google to to reverse engineer it I realized, wait, that makes sense. They've been beta testing this thing in the Netherlands for the past couple of weeks. Mm. So somehow, <laughs> somehow the the feed that we were getting over the Roku we were watching on just had that the those subtitles there. And oddly enough, to test the theory, we watched it a second time through Apple TV, and there were no subtitles. Mm. And the picture quality was a lot better too, which I thought was very interesting. Watching it on a 4K Apple TV was a better picture quality than watching it on a 4K Roku. Which seemed very weird. Really interesting. Huh. Apple knows you know, what Dave, they're doing, man. It's like Austin Powers' father says: "There's only two things I hate in this world: intolerance to other people's cultures, and the Dutch." My grandmother was Dutch. Yeah, I'm Dutch, motherfucker. <laughs> What's your problem, Greg? Stop drop me. him again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we called the truth, motherfucker. <h- <laughs> we did. Uh, all right. Temporarily, guys, we gotta move. Just we gotta move late. on here. 
We're, we're, we're already stretching the limits of this show, and we haven't even talked about That's, The Mandalorian yet. It's going to be a four-hour show, man. 100 oh episodes. Come right. on. 100 episodes. Special four-hour show. Beskar Steel versus Vibranium, vibranium everybody. <laughs> what do you pick? Unobtainium all day long, bitches. <laughs> it was not an option, Gregory. Not very common. Tanium. It's not. <laughs> what the hell are you guys talking about? I don't know. Hard, hard to get Obtanium. Hey there, Wretched Hive peeps. This is Sammy Burke, bass player for John McCloy Band and a friend of the Wretched Hive pretty much ever since its inception. Congratulations to you guys on your 100th podcast. That's an awesome achievement. Most people don't usually make it past their second or third, and you guys have gone through your first 100. One of my favorite moments of uh, my band's career was... uh, getting to play some music with the John McCoy band and have it actually go on to one of your podcasts. So once again, congratulations to all of you. Happy 100. All right. So this is our official first review of an episode of the Mandalorian. Hold on. This, hold it, on. It, Spoiler alert. Oh my God. You guys are killing me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think it's safe to say, if you're listening to a Star Wars podcast, you're gonna get uh, some review of a you know current content if something's coming sure, out. Sure, sure, sure. So you know, like Stan Lee said, you gotta assume that somebody's that every episode is somebody's first episode. So somebody yes. out there listening to this uh, Wretched Hive podcast right now is like, "What is this Star Wars thing that all the kids are speaking of? I need to learn about this." That's the second time that principle has come up in this episode. That's wow. Amazing. All right. All right. So, That's what uh, we call this, a callback in the industry. This is uh, season one, episode one. First became available online or through the Disney app, Disney Plus app, on a Tuesday, November 12th, 2019. Um, guys, let's just go high level overview first. And I'm going to start with Nico on this. Nico, what was your takeaway? What did you, when you were finished watching it the first time, how did you feel? Uh, do you want the first thought and the only consuming thought in my mind that happened after watching the the first episode? Give it to me. Baby fucking Yoda. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Baby fucking Yoda. That's all I could think about after my first time watching the episode. Yeah, no doubt about I it. Did, I did watch it. Yoda, another Yoda, this baby. is after the time of Return of the Jedi. Yoda's dead. It's a baby is he? fucking Yoda. Is he? Is but he great? Yoda was alive when the baby was born. No, this place takes place after Return of the Jedi. But right. the this baby is eight, eight years, is 50 years old. 50 years old, Gregory. This Look could be Yoda's offspring. So the timeline is eight years after Return of the Jedi. After the... Yep. After Yoda's death. Read up on that today. Okay. Um, so after eight the, years after Yoda's death, but he's 50 years old. Yeah, that math works. What? Greg, what explain <laughs> yourself right now, Greg. What are you saying? What? This is not the same Yoda. It's no, no, a, no. It's... just let him dig just let him dig okay, the hole. Go ahead. Just let him dig the hole. <laughs> I love it. Try to pull you out of it. It's all calling him baby Yoda. And he oh, said he's I fifty years he's old. Okay, so we don't we don't it's not well, so we don't know if Yoda, Yoda is Yoda, but... the name of a race 
or the name of a character? Well, yeah. we kind of do actually. His yeah, name is do. Yoda. What was the? What, there was another. Yaddle. There was another Yaddle from Episode One. Yeah. So Yoda is Yoda. All okay. Right. I had this theory once upon a time that Yoda was a race, but let's, I forgot about Yaddle. Let's let's put the brakes on this guy. Jeez, hold on, Sorry, hold on a second. Baby fucking Yodel. Okay. <laughs> Yodel who? The baby in there is fifty years old. Or the 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 creature that he's acquiring is 50 years old if you back that up into time frame wise that's around episode one episode two time frame right um well 20 years separates yoda got busy is what you're saying 20 years separates episode three and so it would be more closer closer to one so here's the theory let's all stop and imagine yoda sex right now no yoda's Yoda's banner on tinder is seeking found someone you have Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) off the rails yeah what was your what was your over under on this thing going completely off the rails tonight this 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 is why we make it to 100 episodes because of these conversations right here all right so yoda in episode one (laughs) on on the council there is another of his species called yaddle that is a female version of yoda so there is a possibility you guys were talking about the emperor and all this stuff and us with ray and all that right the skywalker kenobi who knew it was going to be a yoda possibly a Yoda baby that's going to be some sort of connection to all of this. If not Yoda's baby, then it's something of his species. We do know Mm -hmm. a little bit about it, not a lot, that his species is extremely rare. So it could be another version of a Force-sensitive creature of that that species. Well, yeah, considering it takes him 50-plus years to get out of infancy... Yeah, I would assume that they'd be pretty rare. Yeah. Well, hold on. Yoda is 900 years old when he dies. So 50 years old is basically that early stages, right? Math yeah, but is hard. consider this. In the wild, without caretakers, human beings are fucking useless. You put a newborn baby out in the wild, it's fucking dead in a day. You put a newborn like deer out there, it's going to fucking wander around and survive a little bit better than a human being. You put a fucking baby Yoda out there that takes more than 50 years <laughs> to be able to like do more than laying a fucking crib. Yeah, oh. no wonder they're rare. Hold All right, on, we but... don't we don't know what baby Yoda's capabilities are at this point. We don't. We do not. But that thing that he's in, that little basket yeah. is floating. At right. the end, so he's got some force power. All right, we or... rush to the or, end. Or, we, we, Lance Peters floats. Scott, that doesn't mean anything. We, we, <laughs> what kind of I'm fucking with, basket? Let's hold the phone on that. I mean, talk <laughs> about burying the lead here. Let's let's that back it up. A, oh no, that let's, is not a force. I've got one better. Scott. Let's back it up to the lead. beginning. I want to get to. I want to eventually get to why they are seeking out this little baby. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. So I want to hand it off to Dave. Dave, what was your initial impression uh, after seeing this show for the first time, the Mandalorian episode one? I, I enjoyed it. I remain a little cautious in what my final opinion is going to be simply because I want to understand what the story, what the whole story is. This one is so deli- – this show is, as a lot of things now are, so deliberately structured as it's serial entertainment. You're watching a chapter of a book. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little unfair to jump in and say, like, oh, my God, I saw the fir- I read the first chapter of this book, and the book is tremendous. You have to read it. 
I want to finish the whole book before I render a final judgment on it. Because what I will say is that while I enjoyed it, and I think there's a lot of potential here, I don't have the same reaction that I did, say, watching the first episode of Watchmen. In that I don't know that the, the writing has the depth or complexity to it that Watchmen does. Now that said, if this thing goes a direction of it's the Mandalorian and it's a lone wolf and cub-esque type of story with the Mandalorian as the lone wolf and Baby Yoda as the cub and it's Star Wars, I am all fucking in, baby. That is the best idea I would have seen in a couple of years. Well, to, to, I don't disagree, but I will say if you're a Star Wars fan, this is must-viewing. I can't imagine there's many big fans out there that aren't, at least at this point, pining to, to be able to watch this show. And Greg, I kind of feel like they're setting this up. So at the end of the show, the Mandalorian's, um, what he's wrestling with is, you know, am I a, am I a bounty hunter that is, you know, a killer and a cold-blooded killer? Or am I, uh, do I have, uh, you know, or is a, he a desire, with a heart of gold? a desire to nurture, <laughs> to, to nurture this little baby Yoda. I mean, I think they're setting that up pretty clearly in this first episode. Well, you know, we talked about in the past what we wanted out of the show. We wanted the space western. We wanted the cowboy. And it was sitting out there, and Dave hinted at it a minute ago, but it was sitting out there, and I never even knew I wanted it. I wanted the Star Wars Lone Wolf and Cub. And as soon as they showed the baby Yoda, I was like, they're fucking doing it, and this is genius. It completely took me by surprise that that was the story route they were going to take, and I couldn't be happier about it. I am... I, I I hope that the season continues as strong as this, and as strong as Watchmen is, that's a good pull, Dave. I am was sucked into this from, you know, I was mildly entertained. I thought it was really quality stuff, but I'm like, yeah, it's cool, it's fun and everything. But as soon as they hit me with the Lone Wolf and Cub influence, I was like, oh, I am all in on this thing now. Nice. Nice. Scott, what was your first impression after watching it uh, for the first time? I am going to side on uh, Dave's kind of feeling for it. I enjoyed it quite a bit, um, but I had some reservations about some of the way that it was presented up until a certain point. There are definitely moments in the show that I really enjoy. Certain characters when they're on screen. I really love the Mandalorian's character. Mm -hmm. I love that he doesn't speak a lot. Um, And uh, I do want to see a little bit more history of the Mandalorians presented on the show. There's some great stuff that they showed in there, some really wonderful hidden uh, Easter eggs and stuff. Uh, But you're right, guys, uh, both of you, um, Dave, Greg, with the lone wolf uh, and cub reference at the end, Mm. that took me totally by surprise. Uh, In fact, I love being wrong on the show. I know it doesn't come across that way, but when we were talking about predicting what the show was going to be about, I said that that kid that they kept showing, which ended up being flashbacks, of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be the kid or the bounty that he was going to be after. It turns out it's actually him. Right. I thought that was a wonderful little twist because if you do see in the background, we talked about the super battle droids. He doesn't like droids on the show. All that stuff. Now, those are my quick, real fast little comparisons and, and reviews and likes. I'm going to say this. I can use less of the really forced humor. I don't like this type of humor in my Star Wars. If you look, if everything we've ever talked about on the show for four years, the one thing we can all go back to is those ori- the original trilogy, the original three films, there was something raw and rough about it. 
it was a kids film but it wasn't catered to kids you don't have it until we get to return of the jedi with the fart and poop jokes so uh one of the guest appearances is the alien the bounty that he's after at the beginning is horatio sands right his little like banter. That blue skinned alien. Yeah, so his oh, whole God. banter back My and forth thrall. was yeah. driving me crazy. There's no back and forth, Scott. That's all one sided and it was obnoxious. It was so bad. It was so bad to me. And really? I'm like yeah. I didn't take I didn't take it that way. If, I wasn't as annoyed as I was, say, about um hello in in uh at the beginning of the um The Last Jedi. With the interaction so, between uh, Poe and... and I'll wait. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, that drove me nuts. But this one wasn't so annoying to me. I I like that he's an annoying alien. I don't like how they push it to the point where he has to go in. He's like, look, I'm going to be taking a while. I'm molting. I'm looking... Oh, here's a space toilet in Star Wars. And I'm like, again, I don't... I know what he's going to do. You don't have to show me the toilet. I don't need to see mm. a space toilet, which looks like a human toilet. In Star Wars, I just don't need. I that. mean, I mean, I think the whole thing with him on the ship talking like that about the whole space toilet would be different if it didn't start in the bar four minutes before yeah. that scene with him on the ship. It's seriously like eight minutes of this fucking blue guy talking to himself. Yeah. It's like, how much of a hint do you need to get that this bounty hunter isn't going to talk to you? Shut the fuck up. We get it that you're talking a lot. <laughs> yeah. That you, like, you're nervous. There's whatever, like... That that alien, there... Nico, is, to me, was the Anakin in the Force... The uh, I'm sorry, the Phantom Edit version. Edit that shit down. I don't hmm. need that extra stuff. Make him tense. Make him uncomfortable. Yeah. And then get him to the Maybe... point where... He gets into the guns and yeah. you see the... Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was kind of just a weird homage to the Star Wars holiday special that started off with like 20 minutes of just Wookiees growling <laughs> at each other. Well, and the, there is there is a reference to the holiday special right off the bat that Horatio Sands drops the Life Day reference. Yeah, right. the Life Day reference. Yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. And that character name is Mythral. Mythral. And um, in, in that... that... Now, wait. Pause. Mm-hmm. Is that the character name, or is that his species? I think it's a species. 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 Mm. Yes. I don't think we get a character name for him. I'm pretty sure that's I'd, just his species. I'd have to go back and look at the. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the dialogue on that. I'm uh, not hold sure. On. I'm. I'm watching it right now. I'll give you uh, <laughs> okay. the confirmation in about two minutes because it's they just tasered the space walrus right now so that scene's going to come up in a All minute right. well let's back up a second so when uh, we'll start from the very beginning really quick before we get there did you notice the new graphic for Star Wars on Disney Plus is yeah. it launched yes. with the lights with the across faces, the helmets the yeah. helmets and faces what would you think about that loved it yeah. I'm good I'm good with it pretty cool you know, I... it, it's like as they as they have modified and and evolved the marvel logo over time this is just the next evolution i think it's you know i think it works yeah right. I, I kind of my only like neg on it is i wish the strobing of the lights was a little bit slower so yeah. i could recognize each and every one of the faces mm. because i've watched that intro Specifically by itself, I've gone back and rewound the beginning of this episode mm-hmm. probably 50 or 60 times just to try to see if I can recognize every single 
silhouette that's there, and there's mm-hmm. still a few of them that I can't recognize because the lighting and the contrast and the outline just isn't there because it's so fast. And even if I try to like pause it, because the strobing of the light is so fast, you only get such a small fraction of it. Mm. I can't figure out what some of them are in the middle. But that's part of the fun, really isn't upset. it? Aren't you being a little picky? Come on. That's part of the fun. Well, I mean, wouldn't part of it be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so fast that like you can only really recognize them if you mm. recognize them all. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be a standard where it's like there's some of the stuff that's so iconic to where, yes, I recognize that that was a Stormtrooper face. Yes, I saw R2. Yes, I saw BB-8. Yeah, I saw Kylo. But there's some of them where it's like, was that like the the Leo in Jabba's hmm. palace helmet? Was that like, I can't, some of the stuff is like, I can't really tell. And from what I'm, what I'm gathering from what that intro is, it's only like metallics. We're not getting silhouettes of characters. We're only getting droid faces or like character helmets so there's not a lot of like the quote-unquote good guys that are in there aside from 3PO, R2, and BB-8 that I can see. Other than that we're getting Stormtroopers, we're getting Vader, we're getting Kylo Ren, we're getting Boba Fett. There's not a lot of like variation in that that intro. Hmm. Okay. All right so um that opening scene in the uh, on the ice planet, the Mandalorian is hunting down the the blue alien. We already he's his either his name is Mythral or he's uh, he's a Mythral. We don't know yet. It looks like it's a species. Oh, it's a species. Yeah. Okay, thanks for looking that up, Scott. So we get the first taste of the Mandalorian skills in this in this uh, in this bar, which is amazing. It's the scenes we've seen in the trailer. It's the the Corrin who's getting pulled back through the door, gets right. cut in half. Yeah. And gets cut in half. Oh, that scene is great. You're, <laughs> you're wondering in the trailer, are they actually going to show, you know, yeah. uh, that he's cut in half? But clearly, I mean, they don't. You don't see it, but you you hear the thud of the yeah. the legs and, hitting and, the ground. And yeah, and they great. and they you know they in silhouette they come flying out at you. So yes, right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just worth noting that the aliens in the bar are speaking Huttese. Yes. To one another, uh, I thought that was interesting. Well, it looks like. The one that's speaking is a human is speaking Huttese. We don't really see any other of the aliens speaking. Hmm. Is that true? There's only the one... It's like the the one thug who looks to be human is speaking Huttese. I I couldn't remember if the Quorn was saying anything, but uh, Horatio Sands' character, the the Mithral, um, Hmm. speaking English. Right. Okay. So... Um, but a good mixture of it. I like how that kind of played out a little bit. So, so the yeah, man- he's a mm. he's a fledgling mithral. Mm. So the Mandalorian uh, makes his way to his ship with his bounty, and he basically hails a taxi. I thought, I thought that was kind of interesting the way that they did that. Yeah. So, uh, I I wanted to bring. We got a million things to talk about. I wanted to bring up a couple things on there. I love. We do get our first. Uh, chance to hear the Mandalorian speak right when he tells him he doesn't speak the whole time as far as I can remember uh, and then the fight starts when he, he okay so the bartender is in say, on I this. can bring you in hot 
or warm, or I can bring you in cold. Yeah, or cold, yeah. which he ends up bringing in cold. I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. He does mm-hmm. eventually get to that point. But I think that the bartender mm-hmm. was also in on this, or at least knows the Mandalorian, because when the beer or the, the cup slides to him, there's nothing in the cup. So he knows he's not going to waste another drink. He's going to uh, give him a cup just oh, to break. Okay. I didn't catch that. That's <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, the Mandalorian does say he, he prefers no droids. He wants a human. Yeah. Even though the, the no. ship is clearly less quality <laughs> with the droid. And we find out maybe later that, you know, he's he doesn't like droids because he was attacked as a child. Yeah. Right. We also, we also get our second comedian uh, celebrity appearance of the night in Brian Posehn as the, uh, as yeah. the cab driver there after Horatio Sanz's little blue alien yeah. guy. Right. Exactly. Who we, and... Dave and I saw him um, not too long ago in Orange County. You did. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's kind of funny to see him show up on the, on the Mandalorian. He is famously I'm from. Gonna go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. He's famously from Mr. Show and the Sarah Silverman show and a bunch of other stuff. Right. So. Yeah. When did we see him? Uh, didn't we see him do stand up? Mm, it was in Orange County a couple months ago. No. Might have been one of your other boyfriends. Oh man, <laughs> son of a bitch. All right. All right. I'm holding the talking pillow now. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> how do you how do you mute people again? Very carefully and with a lot of drama. Go, Nico. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go ahead and jump in on this and and kind of start my my rant and and we can pause this and go forward as we as we talk about the rest of the show. Um, I'm catching a lot of inconsistencies with the show. So back to Scott's point where the bartender slides a drink without any or slides the mug without any drink inside of the mug. I've caught so many inconsistencies in this show where it's just kind of either lazy writing or editing or they went back for reshoots or the next take and they didn't go back to what was, you know. So you're talking about a continuity issue. Yes. Um, so that that the fact that there's no drink in that mug could be a yes. Maybe the bartender kind of realizes what's happening, but with how many and kind of to to me anyway. I mean, I've only seen this episode um, six or seven times now. <laughs> blaringly obvious continuity errors. Um, I'm not sure that that one, Scott, is is so much of a, yeah. a, a you know intelligent kind of play on the bartender's mark so much as they slide the drink over and then in the next shot when he slams it on the guy's face, there just happens to not be any liquid splashing out of it. Yeah, hmm. could be. So the but one... there are other scenes that just kind of kind of tick me off that it's just not. It doesn't go with what just happened before. Well, oh, my my assumption on that was, <clears throat> I'm going to say assumption, is because he does make a couple comments, the bartender. So it makes it seem like he knows who the Man- Mandalorian is. He's explaining to him what this guy's saying, which I'm pretty sure he knows what his language is, Hatties, mm. um, but is playing along with it. And that's why I kind of came up with that. It might just be totally a, a continuity issue, but it just seemed like it. You know, the one bit of of what I guess you could consider lazy writing if my memory serves correctly is that um there's a repeat line you know sometimes you get these little catchphrases that you tend to repeat and then if you edit properly you go back and catch it and i 
I thought I thought that Warner Herzog's <laughs> character says something like, uh, "You'll make quick work of it." Yeah. And then later in the show, when he when the Mandalorian travels um, and he's he's riding the Blurg, this new creature. Yep. It's called a Blurg. Um, the Piranosaurus Rex. Not new. The Ugnot. Not new. The says, uh, "If rumors are true, you'll make quick work of it." And so I kind of caught that was a duplicate line yeah. between two characters on different worlds, and I thought, eh. "Yeah, that's funny." Spoken. They could have restructured yes, it so I it's not spoken. almost identical. All right, but... so the Blurg is not new. No, We've that seen is the Blurg before. Yes. Where have we seen the Blurg? That was from the Ewoks TV special. Oh no, kidding! Yes. Oh, that's a good. Pull. We got some great polls in the show. That's oh, a good pull. it hurts, Mace. It hurts. That's a good pull. <laughs> All right, getting back to the plot here. So uh, <laughs> he gets the taxi, gets to his ship, and uh, on the way they encounter this creature, this ice monster called a Ravenac. It's the yeah. first time we've seen a Ravenac in the Star Wars universe. Um, it sounds to me like some aliens that I've heard in J.J. Abrams movies for some reason. Go yeah. back and listen to it. It just sounds like a J.J. sound. Yeah. Uh, they get on the ship, and um, that's well, he drops yeah. the Life Day reference. So let's. And then the ice we... worm tries to eat the, eat the ship. Yes. The space walrus. So what did you and think? Then he of... grabs the holiday special weapon and defeats it. Exactly. <laughs> so what did you think about the carbon freeze process? Was there anything that jumped that out to you about that? That'd be a little dangerous to stick your hand in there and blow <laughs> yeah. all that carbon free shit at you. He, he was uh, protected. He did have gloves on. Yeah. So you know, it's like picking Which... up something off the stove. Yeah. God. <laughs> okay, but I like... hate watching all the characters in this show handle shit with gloves on. <laughs> watching how clumsy the Mandalorian is picking up the different. Like credits with his gloves on, mm. watching the Mandalorian, like Smith, pick up the block of the Beskar steel. Like mm. every character that has gloves on, it looks like the people who made the costumes made the gloves like a size too big, and they just can't like pick shit up off of tables with these <laughs> giant gloves on. I gotta say, until Nico, you see him start masturbating. Oh, the most interesting views on this show so far. I love it. The detail is amazing. Scott, you were about to jump in, and and what 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 you have to say about the uh, about the 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 Ravenac or the the time that they spent on the ship together? It's it's hard to pinpoint a, a point to jump in on Life Day, but because they mentioned Life Day right away, there's just yeah. quite a few references to the holiday special. Most people are going to pick up on the one or two. But let's go through a, a couple real quick. Run them down. Okay, so the first thing you get is <clears throat> he obviously makes the reference to the day, Life Day. Right. Uh, which we know is the holiday uh, celebration in the holiday special that Chewbacca is being taken to. Trying um, to get back to. Taken back to. So right. the other thing is the weapon, which uh, either Greg or Dave brought up, is the Ambin Phase Pulse Blaster. <clears throat> which was made famous also in the holiday special in the animated short with Boba Fett. What's great about that is that sequence that takes place is Boba Fett is riding on this kind of like a Loch Ness monster type thing. Um, and he's encountering Luke and Luke's cargo at the time in an ejected front end of a Y-Wing. The same mm. thing happens where the ship is being attacked by the monster and he's using the exact same weapon in the exact same way that the Mandalorian is also doing this in this moment. Right. Um, there is another mention later on. Uh, where 
The Ugnaught says something about him riding the legendary mythosaurs. Mm-hmm. The uh, Mandalorians are notorious. He sort of challenges him. He's like, "What yeah. do you mean you can't learn to ride the Blurg? You, your, your ancient, your race." Rode the the mythosaurs. The mythosaurs and the mythosaurs are the skulls, I believe, uh, that Bo- uh, Boba Fett yeah, has formed the logo, the Mandalorian logo, right, which right. we see in the show as the skull that's hanging above when we yes, get to the point. In steel, yes, in, in the steel, which is really cool. That we'll be way. talking I about. That my I just wanted to bring up all those Life Day references. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, good. So that's great. Not only are they telling us Life Day is canon, Life Day is fucking canon because it's it four times major references to I'm like please bring this back I want to see Blu-ray or HD absolutely I, yeah that's another that's another one along with uh, Song of the South that's not on Disney Plus out of the vaults that, that we don't get is, that, there's no holiday special and we want the Song of the South in 4K by the way <laughs> we don't have that it's not worth getting you know people need a reference to Splash Mountain why all those songs are in that uh, thing, yeah, so. yeah. come on uh, alright so we have the Mandalorian returning to what I'm not sure what planet it is we no never planet. find yeah no planets Where, are named I, I'm never uh, yeah we, we don't find out any of the planet names but he returns to his bounties to Carl Weathers character whose name is Grief Karga nice. and he's paying for the bounties um uh, with that scene, I love the offloading scene outside. It's just maybe a little 10-second shot of the exterior of the ship when he's offloading the carbon-frozen uh, bounties. I thought that was really cool. Um, he asked for the highest uh, uh, bounty for the, the that he can go and... and, and sorry. Uh, he asked for the highest bounty, and Grief Karga says 5000 is the highest. That's not even going to pay for my fuel is the response from the Mandalorian. And so he ends up getting this job with no bounty puck, which is another new bit of tech yeah. I think we're seeing in Star Wars here. Um, but it's a face-to-face direct commission. Well, let's talk about the whole sequence that's taking place here real quick. Right. Um, it's not just the way you were laying it out. It's also the fact that they're paying in Imperial credits. And this is a great part of the show that really sets the pace and in the, in the time frame for us where... We now know, I and mean, we know already that it's taking place, I thought it was five years, but you said eight years after, is that mm-hmm, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, after the destruction of the Death Star, Death Star 2 mm-hmm. and Return of the Jedi and all that. So we're seeing kind of a flip on what we saw in the prequels where Republic credits are not used in the outer territories, the outer rim. Um, but now we're seeing the Imperial credits. The, the entire Imperial fleet is in disarray. Uh, it's sketchy now if they're going to be worth anything. I like how that's kind of presented to us mm-hmm. in yep. that setting too, right there in that little bar. Yeah, <clears throat> it was great. Uh, from there, the Mandalorian ma- begins to make his way back to uh, Werner Herzog's room, and I didn't catch Werner Herzog's character's name. Did you guys catch that? I don't know if they called him out by name. Yeah, they may not have. But on his way there... I'm not sure what it was, but it sounds something like this. <laughs> on, on, on his way there, uh, there's so much eye candy Beautiful. that you see. Um, this is one of the best parts of the show, is when you see this type of... The walk. The filming, first, yeah. first of all, that whole... The, the walk he takes looks like he's walking through Galaxy's Edge. It's designed exactly like Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah. uh, there's some mm-hmm. s- very similar shots. Um, you see some people playing Sabacc, or some creatures playing Sabacc. You see Trandoshans, you see Jawas. Uh, we have a gatekeeper droid 
that interacts with um, the Mandalorian from Jabba's to Palace. Jabba's Palace, yeah. right? Uh, we uh, do have the a... Kawakian monkey, the salacious oh. crumb character. Yeah, I forgot about One. that. The Gronk droid, watching yeah. Watching his buddy getting roasted. <laughs> yeah, poor guy watching his that friend was, getting roasted. That was an unusually cruel moment, I yeah. thought. just Oh, here, we're roasting one of your species on a stick and we're making you watch it so that yeah. was that actually was after he speaks to Warner Herzog he's making his way down to the Mandalorian oh. Forge or whatever that area was okay but we got to hit on this meeting with Herzog's character yes. so um obviously such not, this... not just Herzog's character because I think I know what Scott's going to want to talk about oh yes this Storm is a big, big part coming up here well the stormtroopers and Dr. Pershing yes right Dr. Pershing so uh, the stormtroopers and Werner Herzog's for, <laughs> we don't know the character's name sorry Vanna. Um in his office thing um, the the stormtroopers look great I, I love seeing that old uh, original trilogy armor um, yes. clearly it's the, they're not shiny new stormtroopers that have been taken care of they're beat up, they're weathered they're dirty uh, the Empire as as a functioning organization really is no more and this is sort of like feels like this rogue band of bad guys that are still sort of like a little cell out there in the universe um, in the meeting Dr. Pershing walks in Dr. Pershing and much has been made uh, by a, a wise Twitter user who noticed a patch on Dr. Pershing's arm so let's back it up for one second and talk okay. about Werner for one second. Um, Werner's so, official uh, listing is the client. The client. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, the notable thing about him is he is wearing the Imperial insignia around his, like yeah, a medallion. Like a chain, a medallion, yes. yeah. Which leads us to believe it's not a uniform, it's his, It's a medallion, and he's wearing more like, like dignitary-type clothes, so he could be um, one of the higher-up, uh, like a dignitary yeah. type. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I got the impression he was the equivalent of like a, a system governor or something like that. Yeah. Right. But yeah, Dave, well, I I know we're both wanting to talk about this doctor. So why don't you go ahead, man? Because I've got a million. Well, Steve, Steve, Steve already made an allusion to it. The the yeah. doctor who comes out, who has a difference of opinion on how the bounty should be brought in. Remember, Werner Herzog says, you know, hey, we'll pay you if he's alive, and we'll also pay you this smaller yeah. amount if he's dead. Yeah. The doctor is very disturbed by that. The doctor wants the bounty alive. Absolutely. And Why might he need it? And, and perhaps the reason for that has to do with the patch that he's wearing. Because the eagle-eyed is... It, I certainly didn't notice this. I mm-hmm. found a report about it. The patch that the good doctor is wearing is the same patch as you will, as you will find on the cloning technicians from episode two, Attack of the Clones. Camino. Well, is it the technicians or the cl- or the clones themselves? No, no, it's the the technicians. The, okay. The aliens that are doing the cloning. Okay. Right? I thought it was the clones themselves have like the jumper onesie jumper with the with the patch on the shoulder. I'll I double have to check go back that, and look at but that. I think the insignias that both. they have are more of the Republic symbols at the time. Okay. But the how do you say that? Kaminoans? 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 Kaminoans. Kaminoans. Okay, wow. Tio Koko. Plagius. Plagius? Lee Iacocca. Math is hard. Bob Iger. Lee Iacocca. God. All right, so at this point, the Mandalorian, he's got this offer of this one plate of Beskar steel. 
that's been stamped with the uh, imperial logo, much like the the Jews stamped, uh, excuse me, the Germans stamped Jewish gold yeah. during World War II. It was very reminiscent of that. Um, also, with the words that he's saying to them at the, at this time, he's talking about the Great Purge and what happened to his people, how he felt mm-hmm. bad about what happened to his people, which, uh, you know, right that that Beskar steel is you know should be with the mandalorian people and this is your opportunity to earn a load of it in exchange for this live bounty yeah. but all he has he doesn't have a he, he doesn't have a tracking puck or a uh, a uh bounty puck. bounty puck thank you he's got a tracking fob a last known location and an age of his mark and that age is 50 years old so that plays in at the end, 50 years old. Um, all right. So the Mandalorian leaves there, goes off to the forge. Now, this is such a cool sequence. When uh, he goes downstairs sort of to this basement on the way, he sees the Kowakian monkey lizard roasting, the poor, poor Salacious Crumb uh, character, watching his uh, his colleague, <laughs> I guess you could call it, get roasted. Um, goes down to the forge basement, there's a lot of eye candy down there too and I want to watch this on Dave's TV because mine's a little darker than his and I know yeah. there's stuff in there that, that Dave was able to see that I can't Dave, uh, Chris, can Christine I say like 10 minutes into it turned to me and said do you realize all the guys are going to want to come over and watch yeah. this don't you true that I have the same t- pretty much the same TV as Dave so I want to say something if Dave hasn't spotted it there is a huge huge Possible spoiler. We'll throw it out there. In that sequence, is it green and orange? It it is. It is a specific. <laughs> is it color. bigger than a baby's arm? <laughs> it is. So there's the Mandalorian standing at the door, sort of guarding the door, uh, mm-hmm. with very Boba Fett esque. It's the armor. Armor. It's the color sequence of the armor from Return of the Jedi. Right. Yeah. So either two things are possible here. It's Boba Fett after he escaped from the Sarlacc pit or somebody found the armor or redid the armor in the Mandalorian. Or is it possible that there are sects of uh, Mando units or something that all sort of have the same color? Well, I really want to be regional. Trying to remember, was there a bit in the Chuck Wendig books where the Boba Fett armor was found on Tatooine because he mm. he planted a lot of seeds for a lot of things, and particularly in that first book. The first book was just a mishmash of weird, crazy, non-sequitur scenes that just set things up that never came to fruition in his trilogy. And I'm trying to remember if people finding the Boba Fett armor was one of those. Well, guys, this has been four years in the making for me for this so now's my time to shine i have to shine right now because you have made fun of me so much for bringing this up so many times on the show there is just for this scott your favorite porn title ever there is one more possibility and that we are getting jodo cast who is from twin engines of fucking destruction twin engines of motherfucking destruction Scott, Steve, Nico, Greg, and Dave, congratulations on your 100th episode. As your only listener who shares a name with a famous Avengers character, I have to say you guys are the true Avengers of the Star Wars universe. I'm looking forward to your next 100 episodes. So, uh, just time out real quick. Can we make another... uh... 
another connection to awkward Star Wars references that were made in this this episode of The Mandalorian. The client says that that plate of Beskar steel is only a down payment and that upon completion, he has a Cam Tono ready for payment. Okay. And uh, this is a an article from io9 stating that the mystery of the legend legendary will will hood in star wars has finally been solved this is from yes. 620 2019 so just earlier this year this is brilliant talking the about the ice cream maker <laughs> from the the uh, the escape scene on uh, the cloud the, city the cloud city investment right is the the scene of the the character running with the ice cream maker um, that has been stated to oh where'd you go wow that's a conspiracy theory moment right there wow yeah. I have solved this mystery from 1980 and let me explain and <laughs> it's gone. Did you, uh, did you, is there a freeze button on him, Greg? Did you <laughs> freeze him out? <laughs> I did nothing. This is not right. my doing here, guys. Oh, there, there he is. Sorry. Okay. All right. I you're back. Quick, yeah, I had a quick connection here. Um, so a Camtono is a kind of a personal safe uh, in the Star Wars universe. Hmm. So that character running in, on uh, Cloud City, running away, he's carrying a safe of, of some sorts. Huh. So, um, if that one small safe. ingot yeah. of Mandalorian steel was the down payment, we can expect to see upon successful completion a full safe of uh, of more ingots like that, probably in the ten mm -hmm. plus times yes. worth of uh, what the down payment was I worth of steel. But that's a cool callback, I think. Yeah, I just thought great. the Mandalorian was going to get paid off with uh, the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. We were going to find out that that was actually Beskar Steel the whole time. <laughs> Could be. Could be. We cannot confirm nor deny that it's yeah. Beskar Steel. Uh, all right. So the Mandalorian uh, visits the, the forging uh, basement. There's a lot to look at down there. Um, pay close attention to what's on the walls and who's walking around down there. Um you see that cool uh, mythosaur skull in steel above the door when he walks in. That thing is awesome. Um, the The person that was doing the forging says, "You know, this the excess will sponsor many foundlings." And he says, "I was a foundling once." And you get a little bit of the history of watching him as a child be attacked and part of this war scene, and that obviously he's traumatized by. So maybe we will learn a little bit about the the. You know where the Mandalorian comes from in his history. Yeah, and they, so that's 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 great stuff. There is another sequence or another I moment where they're talking about. Um, have you had your? Um, uh, oh my goodness, I'm going to forget what he said. Um, oh yeah, um, the the sect is that what it is? Uh, he says, "Has your signet? Has your signet been revealed?" Right, right. And he uh, says, "Soon." So I think what you said earlier about them being in, in, in like a sect, like little uh, little groups, I yeah. think is accurate. And I think we're going to find out a little bit more in the history and the backgrounds as we see more of that develop. But right. um, I think that's what one of the patches or one of the in, insignias in, um, detailed on Boba Fett's armor was. So hmm. curious to see if that's because he was creating a new 
pauldron or she like was, a pauldron yeah was, was it a female that was talking? it seemed like it was a female that was doing the forging yeah yeah so it, that new pauldron with the new steel and all that i think is they eventually will engrave it onto the okay the pauldron as the signet and that's yeah. sort of like the the yeah. symbol that identifies them as a certain like, group or sect. A, on one of them, I think it's a wheat like leaf it. or something like that, hmm. like a sprig or something that's going up one side. Got or it. Maybe it's on the chest, on the emblem on the chest. Anyway. So from there, yeah. the Mandalorian makes his way to the final planet that we see in this episode, and that is where he meets up with the Blurg, this creature that he, he uh, is attacked by. He's helped by an Ugnaught that's voiced by Nick Nolte, Brilliant. Named, named Queel, I think is the name. K U. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. K U I I L. Yeah, Quill. I've heard Queel, so we'll see. I have spoken. It's the I character that says that. I'm going to try that in meetings this week. Like, I'm just going to end the meeting. I have spoken and walk out. <laughs> see how out. that goes. <laughs> see how that goes. Um, he learns to ride the, ride the Blurg. Um, and here there's some a, a little bit of comedy there uh, when he's falling off. And so I, that, you know, when you mention the comedy, that's. That's kind of where I jumped to yeah. um, a little bit. But mm-hmm. I thought that scene more, you know, he, for the first time, really, we we see that there's some humanity in him, that he's yeah. he can be gentle and he learns to tame this beast yeah. uh, so that there's a, there's a, I don't want to say softer side, but there's humanity in him. Yeah, I agree. Um, and for me, that scene, at least the technology has advanced since Attack of the Clones when Anakin's riding that, I don't know, what looks like a giant tick or something. That was right. terrible, just yeah. terrible. Yeah. So to see him, there was <laughs> a giant tick. <laughs> Seriously, look at that thing again. It looks like a big tick. Uh, but anyway, my my point is, is it didn't look terrible. There were a couple jerky moments on it, but it it does bring more of a humanity to him. Yeah. What did you think about the CGI here? Maybe an overall. Did you did, were you ever pulled out? Of, of what you were watching because of the CGI? or the sequence or just in general? Uh, well, I mean, this sequence when he's learning how to ride the Blurg, there's so much CGI there. And I thought they did a great job of blending yeah. practical with CGI. Um, but my, I guess my question is, either in this scene or somewhere else in the, in the show, were, were you ever pulled out or did you feel like the CGI was, was strong enough and you just bought it? There was the there were a couple moments where just like that it, it wasn't terrible but it was noticeable mm. but it wasn't bad again it blends fairly well um, yeah. I like the sequence with these blurgs uh, the first time they get like when he gets attacked I thought it was actually done really well uh, especially he's using the flamethrower on one of his gauntlets uh, I thought that was great yeah um, just in even the after effect after they've been darted and tranquilized he pulls his arm out and it's all chewed up. Mm. And the, the face itself with the teeth are right next to it. And you're looking at the, the you know, dimension, like the, the the space in between those two. And it's like so realistic looking. Right. It wasn't yep. bad. Um, but for the most part, I'm enjoying the fact that they're using practical effects. Mm-hmm. I really do. Even with the cheesy blue alien guy and the jokes and all that, I'm happy. They're using rubber masks and it feels good or yeah. whatever, silicone masks. But it's good. In some cases, a puppet, like clearly the the oh. um, salacious crumb, yeah. was, looked like a puppet. And yeah. and the well, yeah the guy Quill's face too oh, was yeah. a puppet, right? Yeah. Quill's face, yes. Um, during the scene when he's riding off to find the the village or the 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 area where the, the bounty is located, 
I love that scene with the music and there's this sense of adventure. And this yeah. is where this sort of like the Western in space oh, yeah. part of this really kicked in for me is when he's riding this thing across and they're jumping over these, uh, you know, cracks in the dried soil. Yeah. Uh, and just the music was soaring and it just really was uplifting. I just really thought it was pretty, pretty great. I'm going to, I'm going to send it out with this to, yeah probably Dave and and uh, Greg but I'm going to say one of the saving graces for me for some of the kind of cheesiness of it is the music it really yeah. makes this thing its own character so you guys probably want to talk about the music a little bit maybe I picked up That's a, a lot of Raiders references in this music yeah. actually um, I'll go back and I'll, I'll point out a couple part pieces of the Mandalorian score with the Indiana Jones score, but I I found it heavily influenced by the, the Raider side of the John Williams family of music there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I Just sort of the adventure part of it, you know. Dave, I wanted to jump yes. back to the Boba Fett thing for a second. Sure. Yeah. So I was just doing some research real quick. So I was remembering correctly, there is a scene in the Chuck Wendig uh, novel Star Wars Aftermath, which is canon, where a scavenger on Tatooine uncovers a battered set of Mandalorian armor, and the armor is even said to have been pitted and pocked as if with some kind of acid, suggesting mm. that the scavenger had stumbled across the discarded armor of Boba Fett himself. Now, there's no explanation in the book on whether Fett himself left his armor behind when he escaped the Sarlacc pit or if it was pissed, picked off his half-digested corpse or something but mm. the Boba Fett armor appears to have been found in the Star Wars universe and we don't know where it went you know, immediately after the events of Return of the Jedi. So it's possible it's a different Mandalorian wearing the Boba Fett armor in that scene. Mm. And there's also an interview with uh, John Favreau where he categorically states Boba Fett does not appear in the show. They're all new characters. Oh, okay. He does. Okay, I didn't know he stated that. Yep. Yeah, an that's interview right. on. Yeah, it's an interview on Good Morning America. Uh, the direct quote is Boba Fett is not in this. They're all new original characters. So Jodo Cast is coming. Jodo, so Jodo Cast is possible, although the fact that Jodo Cast was an existing character that I. If you take John Favreau literally, then it wouldn't be Jodo Cast because he is a character that existed previously, even if it was an expanded universe. Okay. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? I see what yep. you're saying, but I see the disappointment on your face, and I feel bad. No, no, there's no disappointment. <laughs> the only reason is, no matter what you say, that's all he's doing is pulling all of these great references from everything, including the holiday special. So I'm fine. Yes, Jodo's going to be here. <laughs> All right, so from Maybe. here, um, we're going to pick up uh, with the story again. Uh, riding the Blurg with Quill, uh, the Mandalorian makes his way to a, a sort of a cliff that overlooks the OK Corral, <laughs> what becomes I mean, the site of this gun battle. Yeah, And this that is where shit mean, really gets real. Yeah. yeah. And this is well, where... Go ahead, Nico. I was going to say that scene leading up to it was really the only part of the CGI that took me out mm. of watching the show huh. was the scene with him and Quill riding up on those blurs. I thought was not well done. Mm. Okay. Of the two of them riding up on that backdrop was not as well done and seamless and smooth as the rest of the CGI was done. Mm. Well, I'll have to take a second look at that because I didn't notice that, but... Um... 
I'm not doubting you. There, yeah, there were a couple. I mean, those the blurg, those are those have got to be tough to animate and have a, a real person look real. You yeah, know, a human being look real on those things. Well, the thing was, it wasn't even them. It was the writers and them on this obviously real backdrop. Right. The, the two writers CGI'd because the writers didn't even look real on top mm-hmm. of them. It was the writers and the blurb were both CGI'd yep. writing across this like desert landscape. Yeah. And it's only the scene when they come up to the, the cliff edge when when Quill says right there is where the, the camp is. Yes. Like right before that when they're walking up to that cliff edge that's the only scene where I went ugh that's bad CGI. Okay. I'm going to have to take a second look at that. Yeah. Um, Alright, so this is where we meet IG-11. Now, talk about CGI. I think this is where the CGI source, uh, for me, the animation with IG-11 I thought was brilliant. Voiced by um, Taika Wakiki. Watiti. Watiti. Damn. Directed uh, the movie you just we, saw this weekend, Jojo Rabbit. Director of uh, that movie. Also played Hitler in that movie. Which was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. See we, Jojo Rabbit. You must go see it. It's so good. Funny Hitler. It's so yeah. good. He plays <laughs> let's, a. Let's, let's clarify. Yes. It's a ch- it's a child's imaginary friend. So it's Hitler, as if he was a child's imaginary friend. Oh, yeah. It's 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 a riot. Okay, if there's uh, ever it's a, crazy. If if there's ever a person on the show that we owe an apology to, it is him for our pronunciation. Yeah, of his I know. Name. I'm sorry. I I'm feel sorry. so bad. Hopefully, we'll have him on the show eventually. We're gonna screw, have to make up. Screw for all that. you guys. I've been doing it right since day one, and I can't recommend enough that you look up look up the uh, FX show What We Do in the Shadows, which was based on a movie of the same name that came yes. out several years ago that he directed, and also had stars in one of the later episodes of the TV show that is. Hit fucking hilarious. Yeah. One, well, one of the best vampire gags I've ever seen they do at the end of the show. Sweet. Yeah. What we do in the shadows. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll have what to take a look at it. What we do in the shadows. So he, his, his turn as uh, uh, child imaginary friend Hitler is absolutely a riot. He's, yeah. he's, he's a brilliant actor. Um, IG-11 kicks ass in this scene I, I, there's no other way to put it for me uh, it, it absolutely brings this character to life and I gotta say as a kid with looking at the action figures and looking at the movements that were in Empire yeah. I'm going how is this IG droid threatening at all yeah. it's just little skinny little arms and stuff well he kicks ass in yeah, this. It's so awesome. turns that on its head, right? Yeah. Oh my god, it's oh. so cool. But, but but even even thinking that as a kid, the coolest thing about getting that action figure yeah. was it came with two weapons, and one was this massive rifle, and one was a stormtrooper blaster, and. You see what that guy can do with that? Holy yeah. crap. Well, man. there's one scene that I think will will remain an iconic scene for a long uh, a long time to come is that IG-11 is walking down the middle of this courtyard and the camera is panning around the front of him as he's spinning around and shooting behind him and yeah. it's just a cool scene. I I yeah. we've I don't think we've ever seen anything like that in Star Wars and no. it was like I turned to the kids. I'm like, this is why they call it a Western in space. Oh, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's It was just phenomenal. It I was, loved that scene. It's the one moment. The whole sequence is amazing, by the way. Yeah. It actually adds the humor I enjoy because it is all part of the character. 
So when he's when he's saying, "I'm going to initiate self-destruct," and, and it just keeps the Mandalorian going. keeps telling him, "No, don't!" It doesn't stop. It's like that yeah. thing keeps popping right, out right. of his chest. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is the third time you're going to initiate this." Right. I was dying. But I, there was another sequence. Hold on, Dave, real quick. When he's walking after the spinning and the shooting and all this, there's one last shot where he's walking. Somebody's up above him, and you, oh, his yeah. arm spins up, above. nails him, falls behind him, and yeah. I'm just classic. Yeah, that was good stuff, Dave. Corey. You wanted to uh, chime in. No, I was just going to uh, say how effective that gag was because it was literally like, I have a paper cut. I will initiate self-destruct sequence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, have a hangnail. I will initiate self-destruct sequence. And I'm going, no, don't do that. Yeah. We're going to shoot our way out. Which is great because there's a moment after the third initiation sequence, he does get shot up pretty bad. And he gets up, and there's fluid shooting everywhere. And he's like, oh, I'll be fine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you literally <laughs> tried to kill yourself. <laughs> it's good stuff. So they team up. They partner up. They've got I, – I made the OK Corral reference earlier. This is like the OK Corral on steroids in space. It's so cool. Oh, the Gatling gun sequence. Amazing. Yeah, it's great. They uh, The, the Mandalorian the is able to commandeer the heavy gun. Uh, the music when he gets on the heavy gun. Yeah. Go back and watch that again and listen to the music. Yeah. It's it just soars. It's just so good. So it's not even just him getting to the gun it, or getting the gun and <clears throat> taking out everybody else. Right. It's the sequence on how he gets the gun. The great use of the the little uh, uh, line that he shoots out oh, there. The yeah. grappling hook. The grappling hook. Yep. Amazing work there. I just that whole sequence is brilliant. So the two take everybody out there. They finally they find the door. Behind which is their bounty. They shoot the door open. And who do they find in that room but this little Yoda character? Yeah. Looks like a little Yoda. We don't know the name of this race, correct? It's uh, never been correct. stated. Yeah. Only two names canon. is Yoda and Yaddle. And Yaddle, right. And uh, As we said, this like, is Yodel. 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 lay he who. And IG-11 wants to you know, kill the baby. And uh, the Mandalorian says no. Don't. Okay. Which, which was which was an interesting story point to me because the Mandalorian because the idea kind of leading up to it is oh there were multiple people sent out on the same mission yes. right but clearly they were not sent out on the same mission and probably not by the same client. Yes, I'm li- I'm yes. loving where Dave's going with exactly. this. Exactly. So here's another thing because well we haven't brought it up but because the protocol for IG11 is to terminate the bounty uh the mandalorian ultimately kills ig11 right or at least takes him out without hesitation or remorse just takes him out he's going to protect this child so this brings Which up I, a... i'm guessing is a serious Whoa. violation of guild bylaws yes I'm guess, yes there's gonna be a I'm guessing Deadpool is going to hold a judgment hearing on this when they get back <laughs> to the shack but the thing is his bounty stated clearly Preferably alive. His and it was did. even stated when he said, "But I understand bounty hunting is a complicated profession, so if you have to bring it in dead." And then Doctor Pershing says, "Wait, that's not what we agreed upon. Right? We needed alive. So right. his bounty stated he needed it alive. If IG Eleven is saying no, we need to kill it, and he shoots IG to say no, my bounty said alive." But he never makes that point. He doesn't argue that, no, my bounty says that he 
Mm-hmm. He wants it alive. If there's no reason to kill it, we don't need to kill it. Right. Which I think is an argument that should have been made before he just ruthlessly shoots the droid in the face, knowing full <laughs> well that there would be guild repercussions to follow. He doesn't even say anything to try to argue the point that they have different bounties coming in on this. Mm. Continuity errors. And well, there's another one with the Gatling gun, but we don't have time for that. No, we don't. The Gatling gun. The Gatling gun. Well, okay. A bridge version. The Gatling gun crosses like a hundred yards of terrain in the span of like six seconds for no fucking reason. Magic. It starts right. out walking like from where where the Mandalorian sees the IG unit walking in from like way outside of the OK Corral. That's where the Gatling gun starts at. And then all of a sudden, six seconds later, it's like 10 feet from the fucking door for no reason. Continuity errors. All right. Disney, get your shit right. All right. Uh, I just have to point out, as we wrap this up, the very last scene of the, uh, before we get to the concept art and the credits, is Mandalorian reaching down they're both backlit and he reaches down into the crib and the little hand comes up and they almost touch as if they're reaching out for one another. That's our E.T. Um, moment. The E.T. E.T. moment. Exactly. It's, it's, backlit. Yes. it's backlit for this kind of romantic thing, but that's what, yeah. like I said, I'm like, oh my God, if this is Lone Wolf and Cub yep. with Boba Fett running around with a fucking baby Yoda strapped to his back <laughs> for the rest of this TV show, <laughs> like that yeah. will, that I am so... Greg, yes, I am with you, man. I am all in if that's what's going to happen next. Yeah. All in, baby. That will yeah. be but, amazing. But so here, here's the thought, though. So there were some kind of rumblings that something was going to happen. There was going to be a revelation that could tie into what's happening in Rise of Skywalker. So if the Empire, after the death, in quotes, of the Emperor, is still around and they're looking for Yoda's race which is extremely long-lived to do medical experiments on with the cloning scientist. Yeah. Are they trying to find a way to build the Emperor a new long-lived body so he doesn't have to keep pulling Darth Plagueis magic to survive death? Yeah. If you live for 900 years, you don't really have to cheat death that often. Well, since we're speculating, and uh, you know who better to speculate than us? Yeah, that's right. Um my mind jumped to Nico's theory about Ray. What if they're, you know, what if they created this force sensitive child from DNA from this force sensitive baby that they just found, that, this Yoda child? That looks nothing like Yoda. Right. You're saying Ray is Yoda's kid. Yeah. Yep. Could be. Oh. Ray, that wasn't even part of our bet originally that Ray could be a Yoda. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think Nico might be onto something there. Huh. If we're gonna I bring win. cloners, if we're gonna bring cloners, and obviously it was an ode to, like we're meant to see that. That was meant to be seen by someone. None of us caught it, but someone with eagle eyes did. Um, you know, if they're gonna bring that into the Star Wars universe again at this time, maybe there's something to. Uh, with the credits, um, just want to mention the, I love seeing the concept art. I 
I buy all the art of books. I will buy the art of the Mandalorian. Yeah. I love all that stuff. Yeah, I think the it's artwork really cool. is beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It really is. Yep. It was, it was a nice touch to the end credit to the show to throw that in there because yeah, yeah it, it you could see how it, it was very well done. It was very it was very you know really classic Star Wars art you know that you don't typically see in that type of setting. So I was happy it was there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. That was our review of episode one of The Mandalorian. We've got another episode coming up as we release the show today on Friday. There's another Mandalorian episode that we will have all watched right. probably before oh, yeah. uh, this show is launched. Is probably all going to wake up in the morning and watch it. <laughs> so episode one hundred and one Fridays to the end of the year, right? Exactly. Yeah, we've got uh, we'll eight have two episodes more total. Episodes. Yeah, we'll have two more episodes before we record the next show. Yeah, and we're going to have to do some mini-episodes in between if we're going to review each of these because uh, I don't know if we can squeeze two full reviews in on one standard show. And we have got a lot of other news to cover between um, other shows being released. We've got to talk about Marvel stuff on Disney+. Uh, We've got, of course, The Rise of Skywalker coming in about a month. Four weeks. Four weeks. Lot to cover. I know we talk about all that stuff, but we should start adding in some other stuff too. I'd like to just if everyone's watching The Watchmen, mm. um, that show is unbelievable. Yeah, we touched it's on it last two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So Scott, has it... if you want, if you don't like my story, write your own. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good place to uh, do this. <laughs> Welcome to oh. the wretched. Hot- that's the wrong button. That sounds like a good place to do this. Guys, episode 100 of the Wretched Hive podcast. Episode 100 turned into a celebration of the Mandalorian, didn't it? Is in the books. Well, you know, we're topical. The show is a topical show. We hit the the news that's happening now. We've got to keep our listeners informed. And uh, they come to us to, and they rely on us to keep them informed. So that's, that's, that's what we're obligated to do. The Mandalorian is huge in the Star Wars universe. It was a huge ripple in the force this week. And uh, we had to cover it. We had to break it all down. Uh, boy. So next week, what are we going to do for an encore on this? What are we doing for the next hundred episodes, guys? Mandalorian. <laughs> we are the wretched Marvel Universe from here on out. Screw Star Wars. Yeah. I'm going to be talking I about predict, that Jodo I predict we're going to make some Adobe on deserts with uh, <laughs> Mr. Kenobi. Oh. Ooh. Adobe Kenobi? Kenobi standalone show is a real thing. They're making it. God, I've been pining for this for three years. And I'm also working on season two of The Mandalorian as we speak right now. Wow. That's great. That is fantastic. The future of Star Wars is strong, guys. I'm sorry, Nico. What were you saying? I said I want six seasons and a movie. All right. You might just get it. Well, guys, as I said, episode 100 of the Wretched Eye podcast is in the books. Uh, give us a call. Let us know what you thought about this episode uh, on the Wretched Hive hotline at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell Hive. 
You're goddamn right. You can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wretchedhivepodcast. Email to show at thewretchedhive.net and uh, tweet at us at wretchedhivepod. Guys, episode 100 is done. We made it. Final thoughts. McGluggy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Am I the only one who loves that? Is that just me? No, yeah, pretty much. Guys, have a great couple of weeks, and may the force be with us all. I have spoken. I'm so really, this makes Attack of the Clones look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs>